This week is Action for Brain Injury Week. To celebrate, we've given Operations Manager Vicky Bennett the reins to host our new podcast. She's joined by Anthea Russell and Peter Riley from the Woodlands. Over to you, Vicky. I'm Vicky Bennett, Operations Manager of Brain Injury Rehabilitation Services in the North. And today we're going to discuss one of our services in Middlesbrough, which is currently rated outstanding from CQC and has managed to achieve outstanding from headway at their last accreditation inspection and we're going to discuss how that was achieved during lockdown and how we've also achieved the outcomes for everyone to potentially move on into other services. I am joined here today virtually of course because it's not June yet and we've got to keep our distance by Anthea Russell, Service Manager at the Woodland and Pete Riley, the Therapy Coordinator at the Woodlands. Hello, I'm Anthea Russell, yes, the service manager at the Woodlands in Atlam in Middlesbrough. Peter, you're not getting away being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Peter, Peter Riley, and I'm the therapy coordinator um, for the Woodlands, and I deal with all the therapy and link with the clinicians. So, you know, achieving outstanding from CQC is quite an amazing thing, especially we've got it in um, three areas, but we then got hit with a global pandemic, and I think I think we were all a bit on edge about achieving outcomes with the people we support, where because a lot of it involved going out, doing you know day to day tasks, going doing shopping, seeing how people are going to progress in their own flat, for instance. So, for you to achieve outstanding from headway, which is very outcome measured, is as it says it is being outstanding. So, come on then, let us into it. How did you do it? What have you done during lockdown? What's been so outstanding? Well, I think we've had to completely think out the box. We've had to think, how are we going to keep all of them residents mentally stable, happy, content, engaged and stimulated? And to be honest with you, it's been really hard. But with that, we've we've developed different strategies. Uh, with Peter doing the therapy as well, and we've got we've used Alyssa to do activities. What we've done is we've created different environments. So we've created a garden area for somebody who is quite challenging if he doesn't go out and do his outdoor community things. So we've created his own garden. We've managed to uh, get him to grow lovely plants and to look after them and water them, all the vegetables. We've got bird gardens, so there's bird people who want to feed the birds, the bird feeders. We've got um, lots of tyres that filled with compost, growing potatoes and goodness knows what in. Inside the house, we've got millions of boxes of baker cake, bake biscuits, bake, you name it, we've got it. And they're only such as a pound a box, but it's given everybody the opportunity to be, you know, um, the best cake bakers. So that is what we're doing. House plants, we've all, they've all got a house plant that they've got to look after and maintain. And that's the staff as well. And it's to, we've told everybody, you know, it's important to have house plants because they clean the air. And this is going to reduce the, the possibilities of COVID get, if it comes into the house. We need to purify the air. So they're all taking it quite seriously, um, growing and looking after things. We've changed our ways completely. Great. Was there a lot of liaison done with the therapists? Because obviously they weren't able to come in at the, at the 
you know, begin and unpeak of the pandemic. How did it go with them and them not being able to carry out their sessions and measure it? This is where Peter came in and had to kind of hit the ground running a bit more with his role. I think basically the Zoom has been a godsend um, because we've had the therapists on Zoom. In the beginning, it was a bit hit and miss because of the connections and everything. But once everyone sort of got used to it, um, we were getting the therapist on the Zoom and they were actually watching and, you know, monitoring and assessing how we were doing and if there was anything that I needed to do or tweak then I was getting a brief off them, which was really, really good. Um, I think, again, as Anthea sort of said, thinking outside the box has been a godsend for everybody because when you're doing therapy, it's, it's very sort of this way and that way. But we put the favourite music on for people. We've had a rocky theme tune up and down when they've been walking. Um, it's a bit of fun, but at the same time, is keeping the therapy outcomes there. So I think using that with fun has been a godsend for everybody. Definitely, I agree. And I know one of the people we support there who, I know when we open our website, quite often I'll see his face as our front page person and he's done his own case study on there. One of his main things as part of his rehab was he wanted to get back into teaching karate. How's that affected him and how have we still kept that up and what alternatives have we done as a service? You know, to kind of keep them skills going and that as one of his kind of goals and to carry on with because it, it, none of it's been open, especially with the amount of touching that goes on in contact. He's um, very enthusiastic about his um, teaching certificate and he's so delighted that he's got his third senior damn black belt. Um, so with that, he's made posters because he's very creative and we've used the art sessions as well with all of the residents because that's really brought a lot of uh, peace to them all doing their artwork. So he's created his own posters that's been laminated and put up around the house to say karate uh, class will be on a Tuesday and Thursday. I think he's slipped another session in as well now. Um, but that, um, anybody who wants to either watch or participate can. And there's usually four or five staff. So it's usually at lunchtime and they go out into the garden and he's got his full karate suit on and his black belt and he goes through all of the warm-up um, and then he does the karate steps and everybody works with him around it and then he does his cool-down so it's given him that confidence to continue and also like a class base as well. That's great stuff. I'm not surprised he's um, slipped another class in now though because I'm assuming as the better weather, although today's not to go by anything, but as the better weather's coming, it'll be taking place in the garden, is it? Yeah, all of the karate is outside in the garden. I mean, it's a big enough garden. Yeah. He's really enjoyed doing that and it's given him ownership as well. You know, he's, he's a lovely person who wants to share what his skills are. Definitely. And I've got some people who have, you know, gained more of their living skills whilst the pandemic's been on. I know we've had some new people move in that are kind of ready to go already and maybe going back home with the family. Yeah, we've worked really hard with them and, um, you know, <laughs> well, the running. Um, what we've done is been able to focus strongly on all of the ADLs, so the activities of daily living. 
making a fried egg sandwich, for example, in the sequence that it needs to be done and knowing they can do it safely. We've been working on all of these strategies to make sure that they are participating in doing the things that they would do at home. So would you say, I wouldn't say safe to say, but we could say we've not let a pandemic stop us at the Woodland. Pandemic? What pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like to hear. It it is amazing and very, you know, heartwarming to see that there is still them outcomes for people. And although the world came to a stop and we all came to a stop and out of a dark, that them outcomes are still being achieved. It definitely is. It really is heartwarming to see. But as, as, as for your inspection, obviously, that will have been done very differently because they don't come to the service. So how did you find that and the adapting to it and the, the people we support communicating with them? Well, I think Peter contributed a tremendous amount to that because he had all of his BIR paperwork in place. He had got all the staff on board to say, this is what needs to be done, this is what needs to be monitored, this is what you need to tick and cross and look at. And if they haven't achieved it, this is what you've got to do, this is how you've got to achieve it. And he did work endlessly, and it was tiring, really, um, because getting a whole staff team, such a huge team, to work productively isn't easy. Um, but he did. And everybody was getting involved and enjoying watching the people do what you wanted them to do to achieve the goals, you know, just making a cup of tea or making a cake. And the thing was, because we were all in lockdown and everybody was in the house, it became that big family environment, so they were all sharing and caring, really. Well, that's that's the end of the service, isn't it? It's to get people back through their life skills to go home to family so we need to make it as normal as possible and unfortunately over the last 12-15 months that's been everyone's normal hasn't it you know we've all had a learnt gel we've all had a, seen a lot more of people than we used to um, in a daft those way so basically with the pandemic we've just continued it on <laughs> I think that's what it's been like and with me and Peter Peter's doing the therapy and making sure that all that paperwork was done. I'm I'm sure you'll agree, Peter, it wasn't the easiest. But it became like a situation where I was like the mum figure and Peter was the dad figure. And (laughs) and that went to the staff as well as the residents. And they were always coming and leaning on us. Oh, can I do this with the residents, you know? Or can we do that? Yes, use your initiative. As long as it's there in the risk assessment, you're safe to do it. Get them to do it. You know, get them to engage in as much as you can. And it did bring us all together to a point where you didn't actually know the difference between the residents and the staff. I think, I think basically it's, it's all centres around person-centred. I mean, that's, that's why we're here and that's what we do. And so we put them at the pinnacle of everything. Um, the residents here, you know, felt wanted and, and felt, it, you know, they can do virtually anything. And that's, that's our aim, really, at the end of the day, because both staff and residents suffered because we couldn't really go out. You couldn't really do things. We were restricted on quite a bit of things, but we made that as though the restrictions weren't there. And, and that's, I think, was being the success. It wasn't the somebody whose goal was doing like money management and trying to organise the finances. So they started a tuck shop within the service. So they were working with money a lot more. 
Yeah, it, I mean, obviously, they, they do like to go to the shop and chocolate, you know, it doesn't, it goes down well with everyone at any time of day, stress or no stress. And um, they couldn't go to the shops and get the things they wanted to. So this chap, he was a bit frustrated not being able to go out because he was used to having that freedom. And so we gave him the, the responsibility for tuck shop. So he would go and buy the bulk of the tuck shop in. And although he wanted to top the prices up, up to make a profit, we insisted they were selling at a net price and not making a profit. <laughs> he did run the tuck shop and he ran it well. And it was giving him the ownership because he liked to count the money before and he liked to write down what he'd sold and he liked to uh, show you how much he'd made that day and to spend again um, so he made a good little account book and it gave him ownership really and and he liked it and all the residents liked it and he also bought newspapers as well and magazines so some of the residents could come and buy the Hello magazine or you know the, the newspaper of their choice. The order went in on the morning before and then he would go and buy them with uh, the member of staff. Okay, so obviously out there just use gas to measure people's outcomes. Did did he achieve that through, you know, taking on this tuck shop role? Did he achieve his budget his um finance goal? Did he get good feedback from the therapist when the finally got to engage with him again and see what he's achieved? Yeah, I mean he he managed it quite well. He he, he let us know he had an A level in art, uh, in in finances, in um, maths, he's good. He's, well, he's got an A-level in nearly everything, but um, he, he's good with money, so it came easy to him to achieve what he wanted to set out, really. Um, but because of his brain injury, his memory lets him down. So, yeah, he, he managed to meet them goals, really, uh, what we expected from him. What do you think, Peter? Did you think he did? I did, yeah. I mean, it was it was min- minimal prompting, really. Um, with brain injuries, as we say, you know, you put the prompts there, and it sort of clicks in every so often. And and with Jason, he takes his time a little bit, but he thinks, and then it clicks in. So yeah, it was it was minimal prompting, but he got there, and he had really really chuffed the way he handled it. Thank you for having us.